This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Matt for Behind the Gloves in association with S-Jam Boxing. I'm delighted to be joined by heavyweight Fabio Wardley. Fabio, how's things going? Good, 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 good. Everything's all right. How things are you, mate? All good? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Just working away, working away as usual. Um, all right. Um, start with your last fight, anyway. I don't think we've caught up since then. Last time mm. out, Nick Webb. Um, you got rid of him in one round. Did everything go to plan for you with that fight? Is that what you were sort of banking on, that you'd be able to take him out there quick? So I think people were saying that this could go quite, you know, Quite, quite get a few rounds in kind of thing for both of you they were saying that the the end result was the plan definitely but um maybe the process of getting there not so much but um like me and the team we had a game plan we we, we knew what we wanted to do um but just in the middle of the flow of the fight I just decided a different way with it I just thought you know what I felt like Nick was he was he I knew he would um I knew he'd come out fast, and he and he was. He was coming out a lot. He had a lot of head of steam. He was a lot of confidence. He was letting a lot of shots go. He really wanted to get stuck in. Um, so I felt like I just needed to kind of put a cap on that before it got got too much. And to be honest, the actual initial plan in that moment was to just lay maybe three or four big shots in, let him land, let him feel him, let him know that he needs to kind of think about what he's doing a bit more. Just add a bit of pause into his work. Um, but a few of them landed pretty well. Um, and I just saw in him that he wasn't all there. He, he got a little bit dazed by him. So I just decided to kind of follow up on it, capitalise, keep going through keep pushing on it. And then whatever happens, happens. And if I'm out of there. What did you think of the stoppage, obviously, at the time, your delight and stuff? When you look back on the fight, I know I think a few people were saying, um, you know, give him the full count, etc. Did you think it were the right stoppage? Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. You could always make an argument to give him the full count or to let him go again and put him back out there. but. I think you you have to take into account one kind of what the fight is doing in their moments, and he was he was just curled he was curled away and facing the other way in the corner. He was looking away from it, so he didn't look interested. He didn't look like he wanted to keep going. Um, so that's something the ref is looking at. And then also with Nick, like you've seen in the past, is like when he has been stopped, 
he's never been the type to kind of bounce back and get straight back into the fight. They've always been quite, always had quite a lasting effect on him. So no doubt the referee just stood him up. There was still a good minute or so left in the round as well. So the referee just stood him up, put us together, and I'd have just got straight stuck back in, and it'd have been the same result. So I think the ref did his job. Now, you're, we mentioned this before, I think, when we spoke, you're sort of, you're moving up in levels all the time. Like, you had that um, Eric Molina test in Gibraltar where, you know, you did have your chin tested in that fight a little bit as well, and, you know, you'll get that more as you're moving up. In terms of, like, the domestic scene now, I think you're linked to Nathan Gorman, who's just signed with Wasserman Sports and Wasserman Boxing, um, quite a bit domestically. Is that really, like, the only fight domestically that you're looking at now before you start moving you know, further up, you know, internationally as well? Yeah, domestically, I think that's the only one that makes any sense for not just me, but Nathan as well. Um, it's like I've, I think I've said the same, and so is he, that there's just no one else really left in the in that kind of domestic scene, our domestic range. There's people up and coming, don't get me wrong, but they're not, they're not kind of where me and Nathan are at the moment. Um, and obviously there's people ahead of us as well, but they're just not at the same kind of meeting point as us. So the only the only ones that would kind of make sense are are me and Nathan, but that's just the possibility of a fight. If it's not if it's not that, then there are other fights to have kind of around around in other areas, different places and stuff for other little titles or belts or whatever else I could I could potentially move towards. Do you think that fight could be something that could be made? I was thinking about this um, yesterday because obviously he's now signed with uh, Wasserman and stuff like that, and you're with. You're with Eddie Hearn on, on fighting on DAZN. Does that mm. any sort of hurdles in the way, or do you think that relationship that sort of Carla and Eddie have got would be able to make that fight happen? There's still going to be some obvious hurdles with it, but I think it's in a better position than it would have been if um, if Nathan was still with Frank Warren, most definitely, because obviously the relationship between them and, and Frank and Matchroom and Ed and whatever is a lot more deteriorated than it is between the Salon Bros, who obviously... They're used to working with Ed, they get on well, they work together on, on numerous things. So I think it'd be a lot, a lot. It doesn't make it completely a foregone conclusion, but it, it at least makes it a lot easier to make um between them two parties. If you can't get um if you can't get Nathan Gorman, what are the sort of names you're looking at? Are you gonna be now looking at, you know, like fringe world level or former world title challengers, like sort of same bracket as Eric Molina kind of thing, or how are you looking at um your next sort of steps because because you've made the, the steps up, you're not going to go backwards now. You've 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 you passed that. You've got to either stay or continue to to grow. So what are you what are you looking at? Give me some names. Yeah, you. I think like I'm not trying to go. I'm not trying to go crazy. I'm not trying to go hunting for fringe level people or 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 like anything like that. But I, there's still some learning and things I need to do. Like I've not even been. I've not been more than six rounds yet. Like I've, out of all my twelve fights, I've not been even more than more than six, and most of mine have finished within maybe two or three rounds. So that's still a, a big box I need to tick off. Something I need to be be used to and be comfortable with. I've still, although I, yeah, I've been hit clean, but I've not been hit consistently. I've not had to kind of really kind of get up and come back and and, and battle back through. So there's still a few little few little things I need to tick off before I start trying to go go crazy and run away with it a bit. So just stay in the same kind of region of like Eric Molina's and those those good, solid, very experienced men who who have been around the game a long time. They know they know how to look after themselves, they know how to handle themselves and will pose different problems with 
with me when I when I get in the ring with them, like I saw with Marlena, there was things in there which I I struggled with, which I had to learn on on the job with and and figure out. So I'm looking for a few more of those. When can we potentially see you back out? I know Dillian's got I think the other two locked in at October thirtieth. Um, I think I've heard you say that you had a few you know niggles and stuff that you want to iron out. Um, does that rule you out for the rest of the year, or are you going to be back out? More than likely. More than it's un, it's unlikely I'll be out again this year, um, just because of like it's something I've needed to do for a while, something I've needed to kind of take some time and look after myself for and do, but I haven't haven't been able to, and I haven't and the thing I haven't wanted to either. Like I haven't wanted to take a break. I've wanted to keep going, and that's that's part and part. That's what got me in this situation because like I've had a little injury which I'll push over to the next camp, which then I'll push over again, and it just builds and builds. So I'm at the point now where. Either I need to pay it some attention and look after it, or it's going to get to a point where it's going to get to something a bit bigger where I'm going to need like a surgery or a proper, a proper some sort of looking after. So I'm at the point now where I can look after it and manage it if I take the time and, and do it responsibly. So that's cool. I'm going to do that, and then we'll just we'll just go again when we go again, whether that be next year or whatever, and, and get straight back in the mix. But especially with the type of year I'm planning on having next year as well with, with bigger fights and harder opponents and stuff as well. I'm going to need to be in, in top shape. Is that difficult that when you're carrying these little niggles? Because obviously you hear everyone say nobody comes into a fight fully fit without little niggles. Is it hard to manage that in the back of your mind thinking, no, I should be fighting through, but really the sensible thing is just have the time off, get yourself back. Is that yeah. difficult? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I hate it. I don't like it. I, I, if, if I had my way, I'd be out on the 30th with Dill and I'd go again after before the end of the year and whatever else. But my coach, my team, they, they're they on me regularly. Like, we are taking, like, we are, we're done. We're taking the rest of the year off. We are, you're not. And even my coach comes to me and he's like, he'll see me even like just looking at the poster for the fight and he'd be like, don't even think about it. Don't get it in your head. We're not, we're not doing it kind of thing. And I'm just like, Maybe just maybe at the end, like right at the end of the year, maybe just the last one is like, look, just just sit it, just wait. Like, it's you've got to learn to have some patience sometimes. Whereas I'm I'm not known for being the most patient um, and sitting and wanting to sit out. I'm always wanting to be in and be involved. But this is one of those things I've just got to think about longevity. Absolutely. While you are out of the ring for now, anyway, there is some some huge fights on the horizon. Some coming up very shortly. Um, Andy Joshua versus Alexander Usyk. Um, I have to say, Usyk, every time I see another training video, looks to have grown into this weight a bit more. Mm. Um, yeah. What's What's your take on that fight? I know everyone at the start, I think, was more, you know, it's a heavyweight versus cruiserweight. There's weights for a reason. But as it's slowly getting closer, I think people are more buying into it. Oh, it's, it is really a dangerous fight, this for Anthony Joshua. What's your take on it? Yeah, it is a massively dangerous fight. That I don't think it's ever there's ever a point where you could say it isn't. Um, I think if you're look, if you're paying a lot of attention to both their social medias as well, you're seeing them kind of almost go the other way. Each of them is going the other way. You're seeing Usyk, each photo, he's looking a bit bigger, a bit chunkier, like filling into his weight. And then with Joshua, some of the pictures you're seeing of him, he looks really slim, probably the slimmest we've ever seen him um, in, a, in a long, long time since he really kind of jumped on the scene. So they're both, I think they're both kind of meet in the middle somewhere and kind of being that, too far apart in terms of weight when they do actually meet on the night. I think they'll be be quite close. Um, in terms of how the fight plays out, it is a it is a difficult one with 
with how they've with how they've been going, I've liked how Joshua's kind of adjusted his style slightly to a bit more of a boxer and not relying so much on the size and the power and stuff. He's really kind of settled into that nicely. And and with some of Usyk's performances at heavyweight haven't been the best, but also it's not ideal to look great against someone like Chisora or, or whatever else he's had in front of him. So they're not always probably the best kind of measuring sticks to use of how good he can how good he can actually be. But I think Usyk on the night will realise that this is this is the one and he will I think he will show up for this. So who wins? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd edge it towards AJ. I would. I would edge it towards AJ. I wouldn't. I wouldn't edge it by much, but I would definitely edge it towards him. Uh, I think just the the height and the reach and the size thing will be will be an advantage to some sense to be able to kind of. He will do his best to keep him at range, and especially with him being a bit lighter as well, a bit more mobile, it may help in that sense. So I think that will be kind of an edging factor. Um, trilogy, Wilder Fury three. Um, this fight. Was scheduled a few months back, but obviously Tyson um, got COVID and it's been put back. That fight's coming up, I think, October. I don't want to say it wrong, but I think it's October the 9th, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Is that fight going to play out any different? Are we going to see Deontay Wilder implement a new style or or maybe bring out a style that he's just not been told to do before? Are we going to see anything different? Or do you think it's a case of Tyson's got his number and it'll be a repeat? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think it's that, and I don't. I think it's too late in the game to be too late in the day to be teaching Wilder a whole new style. Um, like no man, like I've spent I spent quite a bit of time with him, and I know I know his kind of boxing brain and his style and how he would want Wilder to box. And I just don't feel like someone who's had as many fights as Wilder has, who's been in pro boxing for as long as he has and that style has worked with him from the beginning to those last few fights of his career it's worked perfectly fine that's ingrained in him so I don't think one and a half camps or whatever with with Malik Scott will be able to get that out of his system I just don't think it'll be able I don't think it will work I think what I how I think it will go is I think for a round or two, he'll he'll stick to that game plan. He'll he'll work. He'll be boxing the way Malik wants him to work, box and move and whatever else. And I think once Fury really steps on him, really starts letting some shots go. Once that kind of that panic sets in, your body just naturally reverts back to what it's been most kind of comfortable and repetitively doing. And I think that's when you'll see the kind of the turn of the fight. But yeah, overall, I think it's the same outcome for Fury. It's an interesting one. Um, just because of obviously everything that's gone on in between and the accusations and the build-up. And I'm looking forward, even though I think everyone was sort of like wanting the undisputed, I'm still looking forward to seeing how it how it pans out, that fight. Um, moving on, we had another heavyweight legend back in the ring recently, live on Trilla, Evander Holyfield. Mm. just want to get your opinion on it. As obviously a young fight coming through now and you're seeing someone who was 58 years of age coming back and fighting and obviously got knocked out in one round and you could tell, you know, it was just pleased that the referee, pleasing for me that the referee stopped it because it didn't look yeah. not there. When you see that, does that sort of hit home to you about, you know, what this sport can do and, you know, how people can get dragged back in by, you know, whether they're offered money or how they feel about it? Is that, you know, what do you think when you watch that? Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's horrible to watch. It really is. It's horrible to watch, especially when there's someone like Holyfield as well, who's such an idol, such a such a legend of the sport to see him and then just slumped up against the ropes like that. And it's just like, it's not where you want to see him compared to where you 
you're used to seeing him out of his heyday and some of the videos of the he would used to be like it's just not it's not nice to see but you see it so often with boxing that but like you boxers as a whole they give so much to the sport that when they decide to leave or whatever else and when they decide to retire or whatever there's such a massive gap in their life and they're just like what is like how do I feel this what do I do like what's what's going on like it's weird even I get small spells of it when like I you train for a fight camp and it takes what 12 weeks or whatever also for 12 weeks your whole life just revolves around training boxing going to the gym you know what every second of your day is going to be like you know what you're going what you got to do and then it's all over and you get home and you're like what the fuck did I used to do in my time? Like, where, where did I used to go? What did I, like, what are my hobbies? Like, what am I doing? Like, you just don't know. You sit there for a bit and you have to figure it all out again. So after like 20 or 30 odd years of, of that, it's like the, that gap just grows and grows every time. But it's, um, yeah, it's not nice to see. Do you find it difficult after a fight where obviously you build up to it and the high and that your sort of achievement is getting the victory on the night, having the fight, you've worked for that. And then after fight night for the next couple of days, do you dip or anything or does your mood sort of sink and you think, what what am I doing now kind of thing? Because you're not working towards something. Does your mood change at all? Because you've seen it, obviously I know Tyson spoke about it before, but does that happen? Have you seen that happening yourself or anything like that? No, my, my, to be fair, my mood never dips. I'm never like upset. Like I'm usually probably still on a high from the win or whatever and... Mm from like the messages from people sending me and stuff. I'm still buzzy off it. But after after a while, it's more so the time thing. It's when like, it's probably three or four days later when everything's really settled down, you're home or whatever, and you just sit there and go, right, so what the fuck am I gonna do tomorrow then? Like, what, what's, what, what's going on? Where am I going? What am I doing? But it's a, it's a funny one, but over time you learn how to kind of deal with it and how to fill those gaps. But it is, it is a weird one of just trying to figure out how to have that balance in your life of being on such a high because it comes and goes so quickly of like it seems like you you go to sleep and you wake up and it's sun like the Sunday after the fight and you're like ah so that's all done then that's over with like I'm on to on to the next one on to something new is that why you started that podcast that I know you were doing for a little bit is that <laughs> what's what's going on with it it's back what, yeah what? yeah literally that's what I do that's what you do you start filling gaps you go yeah fuck it I'll just make a podcast and just stuff like that but um no nah, yeah that's that's been fun to be fair I've enjoyed that it's been a it's been a good laugh um last thing just wanted to get your opinion on um obviously drugs in boxing and stuff it's been a hot topic for forever and a day but we recently saw Oscar Valdez WBC cha- um, champion um test positive on both an A and a B sample and then was allowed to fight um it's a strange one. I know people have come out and spoke about it. For me, it didn't make much sense whatsoever, but obviously I'm, I'm sure there's things happening in the background. When you see stuff like that, how does that sit with you when, obviously, it's not just an A sample, a B sample, and he's come back positive for stuff, but yet a commission's allowed him to fight? How, how, how do you see that situation? What's your feeling? On it? Yeah, I don't, it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense at all. I don't know how you can test positive on both, not just one, not just the other, whatever both and then they'd be like yeah okay no worries you can still still get in the ring like because the thing is if that if you say they do that and then god forbid something awful happens to his opponent then they look then like that's on their hands that's for them to go shit we've messed up here and like and it shouldn't take an event like that for it to be looked at more seriously but it's 
it's it's a shame, but it's always the way it's going to be in, in not just in boxing, but in competitive sports as a whole. When when everyone's dying for the inch, the extra inch that will get you to that next level, that that bit ahead or whatever else, it's it's a sad it's a sad shame that comes with the with the sport. It's weird because I was speaking to Eddie about it, and Eddie was saying that there's two different lists of things you can test for: one on wider and one on wider. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, surely there's one list for everyone. This yeah. is what you can't take. This is what you can't not. Well, that you can on this test, but not on this test. Because if you're enrolled in both, then how do you be it? You pop for one and clean. For, how's it? How's it work? That's that's mm, this one. But this is the problem where they're, they're separate organ. They're a bunch of separate organisations, aren't they? So they all can run by their own rules and do it their own way. But it, it sounds like it should be simple of, no, you can't have that. Yes, you can have that. No, you definitely can't have that. It's not like, oh, well, that one's, you can only have that one a week before the fight. You can't have it two days before the fight. And you start moving into stupid territory like that and it just doesn't make sense. Absolutely not. Anyway, Fabio, it's been good to have a, a catch-up. Thanks for giving us some of, your, some of your time. I know you're a busy man, you know, with... With all your interviews and stuff like that, and you know, uh, we have to battle to get some minutes with you. I know you're uh, <laughs> not at all, mate. Never, never. Um, but yeah, thanks for speaking to Behind the Gloves, and we look forward to seeing you back in the ring. And yeah, doing what you do best, bud. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.